What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. It's your host for uh, for tonight, at least. Kyle Beats on with Josh. Justin's out tonight. Uh, he's vacationing in Colorado, so he's been texting us. And we've been in touch, but he's up there with all the slow drivers that Josh can't stand. Yeah, we're taking over, baby. I'm going to talk about how much the Celtics suck and just dog on Brady <laughs> this entire time. We've been waiting 26 episodes for this, and, and it's finally <laughs> happened. Mom's, mom's gone, baby. <laughs> How does that guy take so many vacations? He's taken more vacations since we've been doing this show than I've taken in my entire life. Dude, I, he's like, he's working till seven in the morning every night and waking up at nine in the morning and then working till seven in the morning the next night. I don't understand how he does everything that he does. He works a 40 hour a week job and then runs like 10 podcasts and redesigns websites. Yeah, I, I really, it's amazing. Honestly, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, I was just looking at this. I think LeBron, is LeBron cleared to play tonight? I was just getting a uh, an alert there. They play the Clippers yeah. tonight in LA. I think he, yep, yep. So he's going to be. He's playing. Official. I thought he's going to play against the Warriors. Uh, nope, he's playing tonight. They need that though, because they are, are they like 6-11, and 7-11 without him? Yeah, dude, it's bad. Um, but they did, they are about to get Anthony Davis though. So that'll probably lighten it up a little bit. There is some serious collusion going on with LeBron, his agent, and Anthony Davis. For sure. Chuck came out and said that he thinks that it's just the agents playing it together. The agents are saying, get all of my players on the same team. That's exactly what it is. And there's been a lot of reports about that floating around the internet. It's hard to believe what's true, but that's definitely what's happening. That's just the NBA culture right now. And my, uh, my friend who's actually from Louisiana, huge New Orleans sports fan, is just raging right now because that's a small market team that's got – lowest attendance in the league ad leaves there you're in jeopardy of we've talked about it on the podcast you're in jeopardy of losing the franchise oh for sure dude and they already i mean they had chris paul and they he was gone and then they got another like all-time great and now he's gone but at the same time that dude's been there for seven years you had seven draft picks and seven off seasons to put together a championship team around him or even put together a contender team around him and you've never done it so i don't feel bad that he's leaving Right. Excuse me. I don't think that it's wrong that he's leaving. I would probably, I'd probably do something pretty similar in the situation that he's in. Um, but I do think that there needs to be more than just a fifty thousand dollar fine that's thrown at Anthony Davis. You know, it's obvious there's some collusion, and the NBA was like, "Yeah, you're fined fifty thousand dollars, Anthony Davis." And Davis was like, "Okay, cool." Like, yeah, I think he makes like four hundred thousand dollars a game, so that's like, you know, maybe six minutes on the court. Uh, but I do like, like I said, I, I don't blame him at all. I think he's doing the right thing. I think he wants to win. You had seven years to do it and you messed it up. I feel bad for the fans, but not for the organization. That's on you. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's the thing that sucks about this. It's like, there's no, the organization is going to continue to appreciate and cat and, and, uh, and, um, monetary value, right? That's how all NBA organizations work. You don't get into the NBA or like buy a team in order to get, cash flow you buy it because in a couple of years it's going to be worth four times what it is now right. um so the organization is still going to appreciate and value that owner is going to turn around and sell that sell that organization for five times what he originally bought it for you know the only losers are the fans agreed and, and that's when the that's when it'll get moved to the buyer that's in you know seattle vegas or wherever it may be yeah. Uh, but talking about monetary value on a franchise anthony davis going to los angeles on top of lebron i mean that's about as much of a you know, much of a adrenaline rush you're going to get in your revenue, put, bringing those two guys, probably the two most attractive players in the league on the same team. And it's LA where everybody has money. I mean, they're going to be sold out every single game. 
Oh, for sure, dude. And it's crazy. Like, you don't think about one player changes, like, the value of a franchise that much. You don't think about that much. But when LeBron went from Cleveland to Miami that first time that he left, um, that team, Cleveland, prior to leaving, had one of the top five revenues in the nation. He left, and then they immediately – in Cleveland, they immediately went to 30 after he went to Miami. Exactly. One person. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean – Top five, top – two player of all time but nonetheless yeah i mean it's it's really going to be crazy to see anthony davis in a a lakers uniform if he goes there um and i and i think the lakers need that to compete you know we talked about it earlier what their record is without lebron i mean even with this team lebron comes back i think they're the four seed when he went out they're the nine seed now which speaks to how bad their roster is how great he still is i still think as i wrote in the blog beginning of the year they probably finished six seven four or five on the high end they're going to struggle to get out of the first round, though, because the West is deep. They're not. This isn't the year, unless they get AD, that they're going to compete. And even if they get AD this year, I think it still takes a little bit of a dissolvement from the Warriors to to compete. Because with Boogie shooting fifty four percent from three, you're not. You're, I don't think you're beating them even with AD. Dude, nobody's beating the Warriors. You're gonna have to put together at least two more All Stars on that team to beat the Warriors. But um, I think so. Here's. This is what I would be looking at if I was LeBron and the Lakers. I would be looking at LeBron comes back, and if we do get Anthony Davis, which the deal that they, I've heard that they're trying to put together is Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and a couple of first-rounders. Two first-rounders. Two That's first-rounders. That is crazy, dude. And at first I was like, that is too much. But then you think about it. This guy's probably the second-best player in the league. I mean, maybe, top, maybe. like top four at worst. Oh, top, at worst, yeah. Right. I might be able to make an argument for he might be the best player in the league right now. Um, I'm, I'm still on the LeBron train, but yeah. we'll see what he looks like when he comes back from the groin. Sure, but like he's, I mean, that, so they'd be giving up probably, I would say those three are all going to all-star at some point. They'd be giving up three future all-stars. Yeah. Uh, I, and then two first-rounders. I don't agree with that, that. I don't know about Lonzo. I think Lonzo's ceiling is high. I'm still on the bandwagon, but I don't know if he's going to all-star because I don't know if he's ever going to score enough points. I think he'll be a good enough overall player to maybe all-star once or twice. I don't think Kyle Kuzma will ever all-star. I think he's going to be like that fringe kind of guy for a long time, Harrison Barnes kind of guy. Okay. He's polished. He is what he is at 24, right? Like him and Anthony Davis aren't that far apart in age. Sure. Brandon Ingram is That's the one great. that I've been been really high on, and he just qu- hasn't quite put it together. He's looked good really good in certain spurts, but he hasn't been consistent enough. Um, I give up those three guys and the future first rounders. Cause those are in the 20, those are picks in the twenties yeah. um, or even hopefully 30. If you win a championship, I give that up and I say, all right, I'm going to run LeBron at point. Basically let him bring the ball up the field, you uh, up the court. You can list him a small forward, but he's bringing the ball up. I got AD in the post. Who do, who do you keep around him? That's on that current roster. Do you try to bring in a clay Thompson? Maybe. Because on the current roster, you got KCP, Josh Hart, JaVel McGee that would be in the starting lineup. Like, that doesn't do a lot for me. No, and I still think, like, if you have two top five players and you're not being coached by Scott Brooks, you still can go very far, right? <laughs> so, the only two, when's the last time that a team had two top five players and didn't make a finals, you know? Like, yeah, that's a good point. Um so didn't win a final. If you told me didn't win a finals, it'd be the OKC Thunder back in from like from whenever they had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook until KD left. But um, I, I don't have any 
I don't think you really have to worry about putting anything around him. I have heard that Clay is looking for max money and will go to right. the Lakers if he if he doesn't resign with Golden. State. You saw that Woj. You saw that Woj report. I think that I think the Warriors see that and go, oh shit, we got to pay this guy. We got to we got to max him, even if he's a fringe max player. You max him because he will go to L.A. I, I think he's from L.A. Am, am I right on that? Yeah, he is. Played there, so I mean, and obviously L.A. is L.A. Right? He's still staying in California. If they get Clay Thompson and Anthony Davis in some scenario, me and you can go play the the one and the and the three or whatever. We can go play with them, and they're going to get to the finals for sure. So that is the. Would you say LeBron's probably a top two or three facilitator, creator, and player, right? Klay Thompson's a top two or three shooter, and Anthony Davis is arguably the best big man in the game. Yeah, I mean, LeBron is also has the ability to galvanize teammates. Right. Like, you can't – what he – people don't – people take for granted, like, what he did in Miami because he had two – he had Chris Bosh, who is awesome and way underrated over there, and Dwayne Wade – at when LeBron went to Miami, both of those guys were slashers that were both ball dominant, and they somehow worked together and were amazing together. Right, yeah, that's a right. big deal. So you're he right. has, and he's only gotten better at galvanizing teams since then. So he very much has the ability, more than any other player in the world, to I think to bring a team together. Agreed, agreed. I mean, what Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant do is going to determine the landscape of the NBA because the dissolvement of the Warriors is going to be mandatory for anybody else to win a championship. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what Boogie does. You know, if he keeps this play up, I mean, I know he's not putting up, I got to pull his numbers. I know he's not putting up his typical 23 and 11, but I mean, he's giving you 15 and seven with 54.5% from threes and 78 from, from free throw. So he's shooting well. Uh, he's not playing that many minutes per game either. So, I mean, I think he's, he might not get a max deal, but I think someone will still give him like a four for 90 or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, for right now, like all, I, I really think that he'll get a max deal. All he has to do is just prove that he can be like great. He doesn't even have to be great. He just needs to prove that he can still be great. Does that make sense? Agreed. So right now he's got four, excuse me, three other people on his team that are probably options before him. He just needs to be out there and just be a threat, a big-time threat. Yeah, and hit 55% of your threes, you're probably going to get paid when you're That's a, yeah. 6'11". Uh, it'll, I, I, and I think he'll take the money. I mean, I, and I don't, you know, I don't have any problems with DeMarcus Cousins. I think his character issues, quote-unquote, are uh, blown out of proportion. He's just a little bit of a hothead. I think he'll take the money because it's a smart thing to do, probably get a ring this year. I mean, it's going to work out how a lot of people anticipated it as long as he was healthy, and it looks like he is. Uh, dude, I think it's hilarious that I text you, you know, DSJ got his first triple double, you know, what now? I mean, he's looking good. Are we going to keep the team intact? And then what an hour later, maybe the, uh, the Kristaps news gets bombed on us. Yeah, dude. And that was like, it wasn't even an hour later. It was, a, it was like at the, about the time that you texted me, um, was about 20 minutes into hearing that Kristaps had, uh, Kristaps had said, or the Knicks had come out and said they weren't quite sure if Kristaps wanted to play for them. And then it was an hour later from that. So it was like 40 minutes afterwards, we got the text that Porzingis was traded to the Mavs. Dude, that, that was, that might've been the shortest time that I've ever seen between um, we're not sure if this player is going to be with us next year. And then he's gone. That was crazy. It's the shortest time I've ever seen between having a triple double and getting traded. Yeah. He got traded 12 hours after having a triple double first yeah. career. I think, um, uh, 
it's a big trade. I mean, there's a lot of assets moved there. I'm still trying to digest how I feel about it. Initially, I was actually pretty stoked until I saw the picks in there, which I guess those might not be great picks as you and I have discussed, Josh, but you give up DSJ, you get the you get rid of the expiring contracts of DeAndre and West, which is nice. You bring in Kristaps, who's not going to play this year, so you probably you team tank now, um, and you hope he's healthy and get him right. You got Tim Hardaway Jr., who can be a good like third or fourth scoring option. He's on a bad, bad deal though. Uh, that has just through next year, as well as Courtney Lee's bad, bad deal just through next year as well. So they're going to have no salary cap to make a move this year. They're going to have no salary cap. They can re-sign Harrison maybe at like a four for 60, as we've talked about, but they're going to have to wait till the following year to make a move in free agency. So this is a, a, a long-term play for sure. Yeah, I think I'm quite a bit higher on this trade than you are. Um, I think for the, for the Mavericks, I think the New York Knicks got absolutely fleeced. I think this was bad for them. Um, but well, apparently Chris Dobbs was leaving anyways, though. That's what, that's what, that's what I've heard. And the reason for that is because apparently he's relatively healthy and he wants to play, but the Knicks are holding them back. A little Kawhi situation. Except for opposite. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Knicks are saying, no, we want to tank. We want to shot at Zion and we want to shot at RJ Barrett and he wants to play, but they won't let him. So we'll see if he actually suits up for the Mavs or if that's just hearsay. But um, those are the last things that I've heard in regards to his injury. Yeah, I think, honestly, I disagree with that a little bit because I think getting Zion is way bigger than Kristaps. I think Zion's going to be more dominant than Kristaps. And really? at the end of the day, if this, if James Dolan's trying to make money, who's who's putting more butts in Madison Square Garden, Zion or Kristaps? Yeah, Kristaps is – sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you're not winning a championship with just those guys anyway, so it's about selling tickets at that point. Yeah, true. Kristaps uh, is not as flashy, but, I mean, dude's going to average 20-12 and, and two blocks a game, right? Zion, yeah. Zion's crazy athletic, and he's shooting like 75% from the field <laughs> in college or something stupid like that, but he's undersized, and that concerns me. He's undersized? Yeah. Elaborate. Isn't he 6'7", six, 6'8"? Six, He's like he's six, six seven or six eight, and Draymond Green's six six, and Zion has thirty pounds of muscle on him. But but Zion plays the power forward. He can't really spread the floor. Draymond plays the five on a lot of on a lot of their championship games. Draymond's not that good though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The, I mean, it, like last year, you could have argued dude, that yeah, he is good, but this could look, it's pretty obvious that he's he's not. He's a great defender. Great. Could defense. Miami, Zion, LeBron, Zion. Yeah, Zion's going to be a great defender. Could Miami LeBron throw 20 pounds on him? Could he have played power forward? LeBron in Miami? Yeah, add 20 pounds of muscle to LeBron in Miami. Could he have played power forward? Yeah, he can play the one through five. Yeah. Zion's that big, dude. Zion's stronger than LeBron. I'm pretty sure that is Zion 6'7". Last I saw, he was like 6'7". Bro, he's like 6'8", 275. I don't understand how that's undersized. So uh, he's undersized because he's, he's a true power forward. Like he doesn't have a shot. If he's if he's if he's a small forward that can spread the floor and can Six. score off the dribble and take and take one dribble pull ups or um, has like the skill set for us for a small forward then yeah but he doesn't he's not big enough to play the power forward and his skill set of the power forward yeah I agree that's with why, that that's, he, that's why I say he's undersized I actually like R J Barrett a lot better than him I would take R J oh I do too as a pro prospect but yeah once again these are these are bad teams are you trying to win a championship and build a franchise. Or build a roster? Or are you trying to sell tickets? Because Zion will sell more tickets in New York or Chicago than R.J. Barrett will. But R.J. Barrett's game translates very well to modern-day NBA. Yeah, I, I mean, I 
I'm trying to build a championship, but I, I can understand where you're coming from in that. Like that's what happened with OKC whenever they traded Harden was they just wanted to sell tickets. It's also the markets, right? Like Chicago and New York, that's huge markets for Zion to go to. Yeah. I mean, that would just light those cities on fire. But yeah, he's six, seven and a half, two eighty four is what I have listed here. Uh, I think what's a prototype, what's a prototypical power forward in your mind? Six, nine, two thirty five, two forty. So, I mean, it obviously, I think it really depends on skill set. Like, oh, a prototype. So, prototype nowadays, dude, might be 6'10. Um, 6'10 with ball handling ability might be a prototype power forward nowadays. That's what, I, for me, Anthony Davis is a prototype power forward, and that's what he is if he's not seven foot. Yeah, Zion doesn't have a crazy long wingspan either, but I think the athleticism can make up for it. And I think his strength is extremely underrated. I think when he. Yeah, yeah. He has I think at 21, strength. he'll be the strongest player in the NBA. He won't be the strongest player in the NBA. His, his rookie year is just not going to happen. He already has NBA-level elite strength, though. He's Correct. already up there like Boogie Cousins. Up there. Strength. Up there. Yeah. Right. Right. For sure. Um, so you don't have like a lot of the the bigs whenever they come into the league, especially like like look at Anthony Davis coming into the league. People were like, can he put on weight? Can he uh, – is he going to be able to fill out that frame? Is he going to be able to wrestle with people like – Steven Adams wasn't in the league now, but – then but you know what i mean like mm -hmm. so you can be able to wrestle with these big strong players you don't have to worry about that with zion but the thing that you do have to worry about with that about with zion is the Ben simmons is he ever gonna get a shot and also he's a tweener so he's not skilled enough to play the small forward and not big enough to play the power forward for you're me. about to fucking lose your mind i'm higher on zion williamson than i am ben simmons yeah, I'm gonna lose my mind. Bring back I, Justin. Where's <laughs> bring I, him I, in. Think, I think Zion Williamson can average 15 rebounds and four blocks. Four I think, blocks. I think, lead, I think he can lead the league in rebounds and blocks. Maybe that's a better better way to say it. And field goal percentage. And okay. I think he's a really I think he's a really good help team defender. He's like an athletic Draymond on defense. He's a great defender. He's a great, he's, great defender. Some threes. Like we'll see what he does with his shot. I mean, they're wide open, but you know, it's going to, it's going to be interesting, but in so, regards, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, he's going to have, he's, he has a shot right now to be the best defender in the league. Right. In the NBA. Like I will give you that. He has a shot to be the best defender in the NBA, but I would still take RJ Barrett because RJ Barrett is a good, too great defender. Yep. He's a, he's bigger for his position. He plays a shooting guard. He's six, seven. 200 pounds handles the ball well handles the ball well shoots the ball well like that dude is the prototype number one overall pick i would take him but yeah dude i i don't think you can miss on either of those guys um i how did we get on this were we talking about the knicks yeah because the knicks are gonna get <laughs> one of those two this is yeah this is where uh father justin would come in and say okay let's get back to where we were at <laughs> instead <laughs> you of think, us you think the knicks won. 30 minutes about the college uh oh yeah i i no, i think the knicks big time lost Damn it, I was trying to get you. I was trying to get you. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think they big time lost. Here's the only thing that's a saving grace for the Knicks is that they cleared up enough money for two max deals. That's the only thing that's a saving grace for them. And they think they must think that they can land Kyrie and KD or something like that. Yeah, they got they got big plans. Uh, I think Justin's gonna be blessing us with his presence uh, live from Colorado. Hey boys, how's it going? Solid man, how's uh, how's everyone driving up there? Way too slow for Josh's taste. Oh, it's not too bad. The roads were really clear and everything. It's been a, a snowy few days here in Denver, but uh, you know, going to the mountains and everything was not a big deal. So uh, we got up here and we're gonna do some skiing and whatnot. But uh, thank you guys for carrying the show while I'm gone. Pretty big news come down today about this Porzingis thing, huh? 
Yeah, we were uh, just having a healthy debate. Josh seems to think the Mavs fleeced them in a Danny Ainge fashion. I think it's pretty fair. I'm actually, you know, the, the picks bother me a little bit. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I agree with, for the most part, with Josh about the fact that the Mavs absolutely won this trade. To me, I felt a little bit better about it whenever the first round picks, the, the two that they gave up, were not involved. I don't know what the protections of them are or anything like that. I haven't had a chance to research it too much, but I think this is a really good trade. This is Dallas getting extremely aggressive, and, I mean, it's a gamble, right? It's going to – it, it could either really work out or it could really blow up in your face, but when you have a talent that's as, as obvious as Luka, you have to do whatever you can to put pieces around him, and Chris Stapps is a perfect type of guy. He's the most slight Dirk I've ever seen. Really and truly. Yeah, I mean, the only time we've won a championship or been successful is with like seven foot plus white dudes. So we're about to just, we're about to roll out, you know, a, a, not the most athletic team, but a super skilled team. Of course, that's going to be next year because Kristaps is out for the, uh, the rest of the season. And the Courtney Lee Tim Hardaway contracts bother me a little bit more because a little bit because they're on the books for next year. But I like Tim Hardaway as a scoring option. I just want him to, if he wants to stick around, play it, you know, a lot less money. I would definitely agree with Porzingis that. I think is, those um, are good. Oh, go ahead. That's okay, man. Go ahead. You're calling in and you get, you I get was just going to say, I think those are good pieces. And I, I, I don't know how much of the long-term plan they're going to be. You know, I don't know what the long-term plan is at this point. The only thing that I can think of is that Dallas is going to swing for the fences at a free agent this, this off season. And I mean, that could work, but I could also see this working for the Knicks in a really good way. Uh, I understand a lot of Knicks fans are really upset about this. The Twitter was going insane with anger from Knicks fans. And yeah, I got, a, I I got, a, I like got an idea for you, Knicks fans. How about you don't freaking boo him when he's drafted in New York? Maybe exactly. you'll be able to hold on to a, <laughs> That's a good to a player if you don't 100%. boo him when But, I mean, if you, th- if you look at it, I think you guys were mentioning this right before I came on, but – the Knicks must think that they've got a really good shot of putting Kyrie on the court with with Kevin Durant. They must, and then try to get a third star. They must. And uh, that's the only thing I can think of is why this makes sense for the Knicks. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. But if you get Kyrie and KD or just one of those two and then draft Zion, the team is instantly more sexy. It's just There's going to be so much hype in that city. 100%. But we all know... I'll leave you guys with this message. I'm going to let you guys uh, continue. But we all know that James Dolan will fuck this up somehow. It's a guarantee. That's why I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. Have a good show. We'll see you uh, next week. All right? All right, man. Be safe. See you, buddy. Yep. Take care. Bye-bye. So for the listeners out there, uh, Justin messaged us and said, hey, can you guys take care of this one yourself? And we're like, yeah, we can do it. And then the Mavericks trade went through, and he goes, I'm calling in. I got to talk about this. Man, yeah, I, it'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, a long term plan. I want to see us try to tank this year. I was looking at the standings because we have a first round pick that we gave to the Hawks, but it's top five protected. We're eleventh from the bottom now, and we would really have to just you know blow. I mean, really blow it out to get into that top five. Yeah, I mean, depending upon Kristaps, that was the first thing that I thought about before I looked at Kristaps' injuries reports. Um, was I mean, this this also puts Dallas in a position to tank. Like, you take away Wes and then uh, DeAndre Jordan. Those are probably their two best defenders. 
maybe Harrison's one of those two, no, right? Those are their two best defenders. Two best defenders, yeah. yeah. So and that and then that's plus that's uh was that twenty points a game between DeAndre and that's more than that. It's thirty points a game. Yeah, it's, it's about twenty five. Yeah, twenty five to thirty points a game. So that's that's really puts you in a position to tank if you're uh if Chris Stops doesn't come back. But I, I think that we might see him back sooner than a lot of people believe. Yeah, I I, I think he's healthier than you know people were under the impression of. And I don't mind, like, now that I look look at it and really think about it, because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, we're only stuck with Luca and Kristaps. we got nothing else. But you can re-sign Harrison, great third scoring option. Tim Hardaway becomes your fourth scoring option. And one of my favorite players on the Mavs that I think is incredibly underrated in a steal is Jalen Brunson. You give, you give him a, the ability to grow, because he wasn't going to grow with DSJ, right? It's going to be right. one or the other. You can only have so many 6'3 guys out on the floor. Right. So what what we're looking at right now for next year on uh, the Mavericks salary caps are Chris, Chris Stops has actually already come out and said, hey, I plan on opting into my uh, my qualifying offer, which is at seven point five million. So that's crazy cheap for an all star. Crazy, crazy cheap. Seven five is what we're going to pay him next year. Seven point five oh. mil. Yeah. If he does opt into his qualifying offer, he might come out and say, hey, I changed my mind. You better sign me max deal. <laughs> but um if he opts into his qualifying offer, we're looking at right now on the books for next year, less than 85 grand. So that's enough to go grand? out. Yeah, 85 or 85 mil. <laughs> excuse me. I'm not I'm not super rich. I'm sure the Cuban <laughs> thinks of it in numbers like that. 85 mil, <laughs> less than 85 mil on the books right now. That's enough to go out and sign a legitimate star. Wait, I really? Is that correct? That and that's including Tim Hardaway and Courtney Lee's deal. Yeah. Wow. So, what, so the cap's what, 106? I think it goes up a little bit next year. It's like 106, 109? 105. 109? Okay. I don't know the exact number. It's right on the other side of 100. So we can give so somebody 18 20 mil. to 20 mil? Okay. Yeah, 18 to 20 mil, and that's a star. That's not a max deal. That's not a Clay Thompson. But it's a it's a, it's a a good scoring option, a 20-point score game or player. It's like a Schroeder for, for what OKC got, something like that. And that's a big deal, yeah. We need to go defense, though, because I think with Luka, Kristaps – you know, hopefully HB and Tim Hardaway, you can score. Like, you got to get somebody that can play defense because me and my boy dis- disagree on this dramatically. I don't think Kristaps is that elite of a defender. I know he's long and and lean, but I just think he's – I think he's an underrated def- – or an overrated defender, excuse me. And Luca just needs to get older and develop more. Um, there's going to be some liabilities out there. Harrison's an average defender at best. Yeah, I think Kristaps is a great defender. I think he has a really good positioning and he blocks shots really well. He's not going to be your defense, your what you want in a prototype defender now, where you can do switches out on the perimeter. Right, that's not that's ever, my concern. Not ever going to be that, but he is going to be a Marcusall, be in mm-hmm. the right position in the right spot, except for he can block shots too. So I I think that if you can game plan around that and you can say, hey, we're going to run old school style defense where we're not doing switches, we're just going to play straight up um, because our big can't necessarily do it, then you can make him a great, great, like all NBA third team, all NBA Agreed. team. Agreed. I think Dallas could have two players in, on the all NBA third or second team next year and yeah. two, two all-stars. Uh, and speaking of that, I mean, you, you saw the finalized all-star rosters. I did. Um, who's your biggest snub here? My biggest snub or my bi- – <laughs> I was gonna go with my biggest grievance first, which is Chris Middleton, but but I know. No way. No way. He snubbed because he wasn't on here three times. He should be he should be taking up three roster spots, baby. God <laughs> almighty. 
You know, I this year I'm actually looking at it here. I'm I'm actually happy with this list. I don't have one that I just think is outrageous, like Damian Lillard last year or two years yeah. ago when he was averaging like 26 points. Like, what the hell is everyone doing? Um, and I'm glad to see, like, even though I love D Wade and stuff like that, that you know they didn't they didn't find their way onto the roster. I would say my biggest snub is probably in the West um, with with Donovan Mitchell. I mean, but I don't know who you take off. I'd probably, I would probably take off uh, LaMarcus and add another guard if I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. Sure. Well, for our talk, for our talk, let's do it. Yeah, I would say Donovan Mitchell then. I know Donovan his team's Mitchell. not playing well, but he – I mean, if you if you watch basketball, I'd probably watch five or six Jazz games this year. He's a really good player. Sure. So, I'm as big a Clay Thompson fan as anybody else, um, especially for being on a team that I hate. He should not have gotten it over Derrick Rose. Yeah, Derrick Rose is playing really well, too. Yeah, that's that, true. That's Clay's having a down year. He is, dude. He had three three good games, and now he's and now he's in the All-Star. Or three good – excuse me, three good weeks of play, and now he's in the All-Star um, match again – or the All-Star game again. Granted, it did bring him up to 21 points a game, so that's that's pretty good. And Derrick Rose has fallen off a little bit, so you're yeah. kind of looking at the beginning of the season versus – I'm actually comparing their stats. Yeah. Yeah, what's most recent? I would still put in Derek over over Clay. I would still do it. Do you think you're doing that because of expectation though? Like Clay hasn't performed as well, and that's not what you're expecting from Derek Rose. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing it. I now that you say that, I definitely am am doing it that way. But and I don't know if that's that's cool or not. I don't. I think a player that plays better and is all-star caliber than he is expected to play should be in over a player who plays worse and is all-star caliber than they're expected to play. Who would you rather have on your, your team though? Clay Thompson or Derek Rose? Oh, for sure. Clay Thompson. I mean, it's not for me. All-star isn't about who's the best player. It's okay. Who's having the best year. Best season. Well, yeah. I, would, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's percentages aren't good, but he's averaging 23. Yeah. Um, DeMar didn't get in, I guess. That's really all I can think about in the West. Yeah, I mean, I would put, I would, yeah. Um, there was somebody on I mean, the East. Demar's averaging twenty-two, six and six, and that's more assists or rebounds than he's ever averaged in his career. I would put him over Clay too. I, I don't think that Clay really deserved it this year. I think he's very much underperforming for what he should be. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, you can make an argument for Luca for sure, right? Our team just isn't that good. But I'd, I'd honestly probably put in Luca over Clay too. Yeah, I think Clay got – so we can agree there's probably three or four guys that you could have potentially put over Clay because I would put DeMar over him too. Yeah. Um, I'm very surprised that there's not a single net on the Eastern Conference. I would have liked to have either seen Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie or, or D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo, yeah. yeah. D'Angelo, I think – oh, yeah, he was on like a snub list that I saw earlier today. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, think, I, think, that, I think that's a little bit of a snub, but I'm just looking at it. Who do you – who do you take off then? That's really hard. That's that's actually for me harder than it is in the East than it is in the West. I would probably put in so Vucevic definitely deserves it. I'd probably put in Russell or Dinwiddie. I mean, I'd put him in over Oladipo. I think one of them is going to go in over Oladipo anyways because he's hurt. Not to say mm. Oladipo say, though was the best player on the third seed in the East and having a great defensive season again. For sure. And I think that this was mostly they put him in there because they wanted to honor him for that. But he's going to he's gonna be replaced by one of those guys anyways. 
you know. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah, I don't know who else you would take off. I mean, as much as I talk about Chris Middleton, he's played really well this year. Uh, you know, Kemba, Kyrie, even Kyle Lowry's a lock when you're, you know, the number one or number two seed in a conference and you're averaging, what, nine assists a game? You're a lock. Yeah, dude's averaging 14, nine and a half, and four and a half rebounds. So he can be a walking triple-double. Um he kind of said he's had a drop off in three point percentage. So he's averaging 32% this year. And normally he's around 36, 37. So that's kind of, that's, that's pretty kind bad. Of rough and I don't like that. Yeah. Um, so I think he's low on my list. I think the two lowest people on my Eastern conference selection list are him and probably Vucevic. Yeah, I would agree with that. Are you excited about this game? They, Cause they haven't drafted teams yet. Right. 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 Are I, you excited about it though? Dude, you know what I'm excited for? I'm excited for Giannis to go out there and be pissed off and play pissed off. And I'm excited yeah. for Embiid to, ho- Embiid to hopefully be on the other team and go out there and play pissed off too. Because, like, that was what – everybody's screwing around last year and Giannis was trying to kill people. You know, I love seeing that. Oh, yeah. I hope I hope Giannis drafts Embiid and LeBron drafts, drafts Russ. Yeah. I just want to see I just want to see some kind of brawl out there. I think that's a guaranteed fight right there. That'd be great. Because it's not like the throw NFL. KD, throw KD on the other team too. Throw <laughs> KD on Giannis's team and let's just let's get things popping. I'm more I'd be okay with throwing KD in the lake, but go ahead. <laughs> um I think this is an unpopular opinion. I'm more intrigued by the Rising Stars game than I am by the All-Star game. Yeah. What do you think that says? What do you think that means? Uh, I think it, it's exactly what we know is you know, the NBA is young and the, a lot of the talent is is in the youth. And I think it's going to continue getting like that. Where it's just like I said last episode, more and more talent every year in the NBA. And um, these young guys are coming in ready to play. Dude, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at this list. So for listeners, this one's not as known for Team USA. We have Jarrett Allen, um, who's blocking shots like a maniac out there for the Nets. Um, Marvin Bagley, the third, who is going to all-star multiple times in his career. Lonzo Ball, who I think is going to all-star multiple times in his career. John Collins, great up-and-comer, could potentially be an all-star. De'Aaron Fox, all-star multiple times in his career. Jaron Jackson, all-star multiple times in his career. Kyle Kuzma, who's the most polished young player on this list. Yeah. Besides maybe Luka. Yep. Donovan Mitchell, superstar. Jason Tatum, potential superstar. Trey Young, yet to be seen. Uh, could potential, potential great all-star versus that's Team USA, OG Ananobi, a young Jimmy Butler, DeAndre Ayton, could be an all-time great. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, great three-point shooter. <laughs> um, Luka Doncic, potential all-time great. Um, Markinen, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, all-star multiple times in his career, potentially. Um, Markinen, who is like a little Porzingis. Um and Ben Simmons on that team. C.D. Oseman's on that team. Josh Okoji's on the team. This is the most talented Rising Stars, Stars matchup I think I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's it's really balanced, too. Uh, I really like that Team USA. Team USA has a lot of really good athletes. And Don, Donovan Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox are the two best athletes in this game, probably. OG, Anobi, maybe. Uh, He's up there. I think it's uh. really, really balanced. Because you have Ben Simmons, Luka Doncic, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That's three... Six six plus point guards with obnoxious wingspans and crazy ball skills. I mean, that's big. And all three of those guys can play one through three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, you, you go eight in the middle of that, and you got yeah. some good defenders. But I do think the guards are going to be able to outrun. Yeah, the, you're, you're talking about the size. 
of Gilgis Alexander and Doncic. Let's say you run that as your one and two, Simmons is your three. You know, I'll take sh- sh- smaller guys and I'll run De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum at you, and I'll beat you de- on every tra- uh, transition play. Yeah, if I was the coach and I was coaching for win- for the win, if I was trying to win, like my coaching job depended on it, I would have at the one I would have Ben Simmons. At the two, I would play OG Ananobi to start. And then Luca at the three, marking in at the four, and then Aiton would never touch the bench. He would he would see you'd have to play 45 minutes with Aiton or however many minutes are in the game. Get him injured. The Suns are trying to tank anyway. So they'd be like, yeah, go ahead. Fuck it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I would do that. And then I would have Shea as my uh six man off the bench. Um sure. I think that's pretty that's a pretty prototypical lineup, but it's big as well. Um, I don't think you can really run on that lineup. Right. And you, and you said Kyle Kuzma is the most polished of these players. And I think I agree with that. By that, you mean he's, he's the closest to his ceiling of all these players, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So not the right. highest ceiling closest to his ceiling. He's going to be uh, besides Donovan Mitchell. He'll be the MVP of this game. Kuzma. Okay. I, I, I can maybe see that. So I kind of feel like Ben Simmons and Luca have the highest ceilings of any of these players. But I don't think they're both going to necessarily get there. Like, if I had a bet on one guy to be a superstar, a bona fide superstar on this roster, it would be Donovan Mitchell or Luca. Yeah, I would put it on Donovan Mitchell. Um, because he's I almost think, there. I think, yeah, I think that he's really in a class of his own on this. Mm-hmm. He's far and away the best player on this, on this, this roster, correct? Right um, now, I think I was. I was just kind of running through it, but I think I was relatively accurate on who I would put in potential superstars. Ben Simmons, Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, DeAndre Ayton's could be an all-time great. And De'Aaron Fox. Those are the only five I see on this list that can be superstars. I don't think Lonzo can be a superstar with the scoring uh, issues. I don't think Marvin Bagley is going to be a good enough defender. Uh, So he's in a bad situation. So, yeah, I'm big on uh, Gilgis Alexander. But, yeah, I would say Simmons, Luka – uh, Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, and DeAndre Aiden could be superstars. Maybe Jason Tatum, too. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Um, he definitely has a stroke for it. He definitely has the ball handles for it. He just needs to kind of put it all together. Um, but, yeah, Mitchell's the best player on this team. I'm I'm still – I like that. I really like the All-Star game. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I am excited about this. I don't think – there's not many years where I'm going, yeah, I'm really excited about USA World. I'm really excited about this one. Yeah, I'm excited for the three-point contest. Uh, Curry brothers going against each other. Dirk's going to be out there, honorary. Although he fucking airballed the three at the game I went to last Friday. So, oh, yeah. What are the odds that Seth Curry g- blows his brains out after the after the, uh, <laughs> the um, three-point contest? Because did you know that you're just living in that guy's shadow, and you know that that this is my one chance to show everybody. And then Steph just smokes him, and he he's. It's not. It, he probably has like a fifty million net worth. So I mean, <laughs> like it's not. It's not all bad, right? Maybe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he goes home and buys another Lambo. Yeah, you're still. You're still a pretty good NBA scorer. It could be a lot worse. You could just actually like suck. Yeah. And not be in the NBA, uh, or be like Michael Jordan's son that was like an above average player at UCF. So I'm hesitant to bring this up, but we were when Justin was calling in. Um, I got a. I got a banner across my phone that said Carl Anthony Towns cries at his first all-star selection. Oh <laughs> my like, God. Y'all should have brought that up, dude. That just, that's it right there. That's he's so fucking soft. Like he's a great player, but he doesn't have what you say you love. And 
Russ, Embiid, Giannis. Carl Anthony Towns don't have that in him, man. You're right. He's, he doesn't he have the dog not, in him. Yeah, he does not have the dog in him. And he's not charismatic as charismatic as LeBron to where he can make that work for him. He looks so uncomfortable. Like, when he gets fouled and the cameras look at him, he, like, looks down at his sneakers. <laughs> like a nervous, like, freshman in high school in the hallway or something. It's really funny. But uh, – um. Let's read off some Carl Anthony Towns statistics, though. Dude, they're ridiculous. And they're getting better. They're getting better since your boy's out of there. He had a twenty-seven and twenty-seven game against the Pelicans. The okay, other but I mean DeAndre twenty-three shots. De, De, uh, Drummond went for twenty-four and twenty against the Mavs tonight. Yeah, I mean that's but like the difference is Drummond's not averaging twenty-two points a game and twelve boards. He's averaging way more boards, but he's like, averaging he's averaging I think nineteen and sixteen. He's averaging 19? 18 or – pull it up. I might be talking out of my ass, as usual. I'm usually pretty high on Drummond. Hey, Andre Drummond scored 24 points on 13 shots today. Jeez. Were those all the dunks? <laughs> yeah, I mean – He wasn't shooting free throws. Yeah. 20 rebounds. He's averaging, he's averaging 16 and a half and uh, almost 15 boards. Okay, so 17 to 15. He's shooting uh, 13.3% from the three-point line, so he probably needs to work on that aspect of his game a little bit. But, uh, um, yeah, man, I mean, I love Drummond. Um, he's a little overpaid compared for what we looked at the other day. Dude, I st- I, I think Cat's going to be great. I think he's going to be an all-time great. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. Cat's going to be Carl Malone. He's going to be an all-time great, maybe lead the league in scoring ever and not win a championship. Okay, okay, in, in that regard. I was about to say, yeah. not personality-wise, Carl Malone's a fucking badass, dude. Yeah. Like, that dude was an enforcer. I'm pretty sure that dude still benches around 500 pounds, even though he's 60. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of guy that eats, like, four pounds of, of steak at night and just gets yeah. rid. Uh, yeah. Real quickly, before we sign off, I did want to talk about uh, this Hashim to beat kind of return or comeback story. I kind of got you up to speed on it pre-show. Uh, I want our listeners to take a look at it if, if you have time. It's really interesting. Uh, I mean, you can, you can kind of explain Hashim to beat Josh, you know, because he was on on your thunder for a little while. He was, I think, the number two overall pick. He, he was 7-3. Like yeah, he was the number two overall pick. Um, he's pretty much a, like, non-white Doc, Darko Milicic, right? He's a guy that Darko was drafted after LeBron and before Carmelo Anthony and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Uh, Hashim Tabit was in that same vein in that he was supposed to be a top top two pick, right? And never really panned out. He never really could get his feet underneath him. Yeah. And he, you know, injuries were a problem. So he's lost weight, he's conditioning, but apparently he's just, he's from the DC area or in the DC area. So he's just driving around Maryland, DC, Virginia, just playing like, at churches, at 24-hour fitness, lifetime fitnesses, and just hooping with people. But he's working on his shot. Uh, and he's working with this famous trainer from the D.C. area that I don't have the name in front of me now. But he's apparently really developed a three-point shot. Uh, so, obviously, you know, at 7-3, you've been out of the league for a while. You're not going to be able to come in and play 40 minutes a game or anything. But he's worked out for the Sixers, Raptors, and Bucks. And I, I just think it's an interesting, you know, if those guys are going to try to make a push for the finals, I think it's an interesting piece if you can bring in a 7-3 guy that can hit threes. Uh, so it's to be seen, but it's a good story. I want to see him want to see him come back because he had like, a, you know, he's from Africa. He had a hard childhood and everything, and he really didn't make a lot of money in the league. I, yeah. You know, he never really got that that big deal. He was always on a rookie deal, and the CBA wasn't as favorable then. So I want to see him come in and, and make it interesting for a team because if you throw a 7-3 shooter out there, and you're playing in the finals against the Warriors, they can't run a small lineup with Draymond at the five 
and giving up 10 inches. Right. You know? Even though historically he hasn't had much of a back to the basket game. So hopefully he's developed that because that's what could punish, punish a small five. Um, yeah. Yeah. For, for reference, this, this is the type of expectations that were uh, <laughs> on him coming in the league. He was drafted ahead of James Harden, Tyreek Evans, Stephen Curry, and DeMar DeRozan. And wow. Uh, Drew Holiday. I mean, three of those guys have had significantly better careers. And I mean, Holiday and Teague are much better players. Yeah. I mean, mean, even Tyreek Evans. Yeah. 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 They're all way better than him. Uh, Ricky Rubio was drafted after him and he's, he's still in the league, you know? So. Yeah. But we could do that. We can do that with, uh, you know, Markel Fultz. We can say, well, look who was drafted after him and just go down that, that list of, you know, was it Jason Tatum, uh, sure. Donovan Mitchell, Alonzo, you know, so. What I meant was he, his expectations were that he was supposed to be better than James Harden. That's crazy. Yeah. And the man hasn't played in what, four years? Yeah, a long time. Um, I think the last team that he played for was OKC, if I remember correctly. Uh, yep. Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. Well, uh, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for today, guys. We are going to be – on next Thursday, which just falls really well since we've been, you know, recording Thursdays, putting these out on Friday morning. Uh, the all-star deadline is going to fall next Thursday. So we'll be doing some live coverage of that with reactions. Obviously we had a huge move today uh, with Dallas and, and New York, but hopefully we get some, uh, some good stories. Maybe AD will be on the move, but we'll definitely be live with our uh, reaction or overreactions to that. But until then later, Josh, I'll see you. See you buddy.